0: Kind of what we're talking about anyhow on Wednesday nights. We talked about what? Devotions. Talked about fasting, prayer. Talked about the Word. Okay? I want to talk to you tonight about continuing. All right? Continuing. Just continue. It's not real. It's not real. uh, I hate to use this word in church, but it's not real fashionable. It's not real sexy. All right? you just show up all the time. It's just you show up. It's not a grand appearance like tonight. Tonight, I looked over at the bapt uh, I'm sorry. I looked over to the church across the field and there was no cars in the parking lot and the and I'm like, "Oh Lord, did I miss it? Should I have canceled church?" But the roads weren't bad. I mean, Anybody need an ice cutter to get here? No, not yet. Is there more coming? Randall says more's on the way. It ain't over yet. Okay. So I'm going to get you home before it gets over. But like tonight, tonight is just a continuing night. There's nothing fancy about it. There's no famous evangelist. There's no special, powerful speaker. It's just me. Actually, it wasn't supposed to be Johnny or I tonight. Ginger was supposed to lead worship and teach tonight. But no, she's going to go on a vacation. So Brother Johnny and I are filling in. So it's just on every day, night, a church service. Those Sundays, you know, some Sundays you come in and, and we've got a special speaker. we got uh, a special evangelist coming in. A couple of weeks, we're going to have Brother Maupin here for a Sunday and all of that. But tonight, it's just us. And so I wanted to go and I wanted to talk about the word continue, okay? The word continue. All of this here probably means absolutely nothing to you. But it makes sense to me. It comes from uh, Strong's Concordance, and it means to be earnest towards, to a thing, to persevere, be constantly diligent. Okay? In the King James, that word translates out into all these different words. It means to attend, to give yourself to, to continually be upon, to continue in or instant in or with, to wait on. That word wait is, a lot of people think about waiting as they say, okay, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But we, so some people say, well, I'll just sit here and wait. I'll just sit down here and wait. I remember years ago that we had uh, uh, some folks that were here, and there was a college-age boy that was here, and they came to one of Prophet Tom's services, and Prophet Tom prayed for him, and he said, you, you could be a millionaire. And the attitude of the boy was, okay, well, I'll just sit here and wait for it to come. Well, that's probably not going to happen. If that's, that's the case, we're all going to have set-ins. We're just going to have lock-ins and set-ins and wait for it to come. But I like the word wait as it pertains to a restaurant, a waiter, a waitress. How can I serve the Lord? How can I serve the kingdom? How can I wait on the kingdom? Okay? I often said, and let me give you some advice, if you want to make good money, if you want to be a waiter or a waitress and want to make real good money, you go to one of the most expensive restaurants you can find where it costs 50 to to $100 a meal for people to eat there. Because if you make 15% on a $100 plates, you just made $15. And if there's four people there, you just made $60 in tips. That's off of one person's meal. That's off of one table of four. See, that adds up. You know, you don't want to go, go work at Sonic. You know, you're going to come out there and get your... Blackberry, what do you get blackberry water, and it costs a dollar twenty? What? Oh, that's fifty nine cents, and we give them sixty and just say keep the change. You just made a penny, whoop whoopty. whoop So, pick your spots. You know, if you don't like your job, you're not making enough money, then you should aim higher. Right. So let's wait. Let's wait on the Lord. So let's talk about kingdom waiting. There's a couple of places I'd like to go to tonight with this. Earnest. It said that it, it, it's earnest. As an adjective, earnest means resulting from or showing sincere and intense conviction. When I received the Holy Ghost, my whole world changed. My whole world flipped. I went from not ever wanting to go to church to I, I couldn't wait to get to church. Is anybody that happened to when the Lord came into your life get the Holy Ghost? I went from saying all kinds of nasty words, and that took time. But after a while, I didn't say them anymore. Kevin? The people that I... Now, this can kind of get you flared up. The people that I used to hang with, I didn't want to hang around them anymore because they were actually pulling me down. And sometimes the people that we hang with will pull us down if we're not careful. So I began to show an intense and sincere conviction for the kingdom. That word used as an adjective, earnest, is an earnest student, a dedicated, a a committed student, one that's taking this thing for real. And so we're taking the kingdom for real, persevering. That word continuing also means persevering. To continue in a course of action, even in the face of difficulty or with little or no prospects of success. His family persevered with his treatment. So we have persevering here. So we become persevering with the kingdom. Priorities change. What used to be important is not important anymore. The goals that I used to have are all flipping and all changing. You know, I you know the story. I wanted to be a petroleum engineer. I wanted to live in Houston, Texas. Why? Because I didn't want to live in Dallas, but I did like I, I watched Dallas, you know, in the nineteen seventies, and I thought, man, to live in Texas, they, got, they had, you know, oil wells and Mercedes, and Jr. lives there, and I had family who lived in Houston, so. My goal was Houston. I didn't make it to Houston, but not as a petroleum engineer. I went as a Holy Ghost-filled kid to a Bible college. There we go. So, goals change. Plans change. Why? Because I'm persevering now with a course of action that I'm continuing in, that I'm committed to now. Is that making sense? Last one, diligent. Having or showing care Or conscientiousness. Well, I'm glad we don't have that in a spelling bee. Conscientiousness in one's work or duties. Conscientiousness. I am conscientiously walking toward you right now, Amy. I'm doing this on purpose. I'm serving in the kingdom on purpose. You came to church tonight on purpose. You didn't just show up here by accident. Have you ever went somewhere And you knew by the time you got there that you can't get there by accident? Toledo, Illinois is one of those places. You have to be going to Toledo on purpose. Because I don't know if there's any reasonable way to get to Toledo. Okay? So when you're in the kingdom, your purpose is, you get focused on a purpose. It's It's a conscientious decision. And it's an on-purpose decision. So, so, oh boy, you're, all, you're here tonight on purpose. You come to church on Sundays on purpose. Brother Randall sings on purpose. Kevin shows up here on purpose. We all come together on purpose. We have a purpose here. We're all members in the body, and we're all becoming part of working in the kingdom here. Okay, so that's what it means to continue. So let's look at before Pentecost. Right before Pentecost, we see where they were continuing. Acts chapter 1, verse number 12. Acts chapter 1, verse 12. Oh, I didn't used to say that a lot. Now I say that more often. Oh, I didn't call on the name of the Lord as much as I used to. Oh, Jesus. And he helps me. Acts chapter one verse twelve. They return. Then returned they unto Jerusalem, from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room. Now they they came back from Mount Olivet, saw Jesus ascend into heaven. They come back a Sabbath day's journey, which I believe is about twenty one hundred uh, furlongs, maybe. I'm not sure. I'd have to look into that. But the Pharisees had everything so tangled up that really you could only walk so many, uh, a certain distance on the Sabbath day. You couldn't husk corn. You couldn't do all sorts of things. But they come into this upper room and they're on the second floor. And Peter, James, and John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James' son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealotes and Judas the brother of James so they're naming here Luke is naming here Luke wrote the book of Acts Luke is naming here those people who were in the upper room these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren and in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and they said the number of the names together were about 120. Now, I want you to notice up here in verse 14 what they do. They continued. They went there on purpose. They were continuing. What were they continuing? They were, They had just been with Jesus for 40 days. Jesus had risen from the dead. And the Bible says that for 40 days he showed himself to his disciples by many infallible proofs. I mean, there was one time when, when before he, he had made himself known to them that they had went back and they had told the whole room full of disciples, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He's risen. And good old Thomas is there. Of course, we have already named him Doubting Thomas. He said, uh, hmm, except I can touch the nail scars, nail prints in his hand and in his feet. Except I can thrust my hand. That might hurt if you're flesh and blood. But Jesus wasn't flesh and blood anymore. But they could still see him. They can still touch him. I haven't figured that out yet, okay? He said, I won't believe it. And about that time, no door opened No window open. Jesus just walks through the wall. Now, how would we do with that? And he says, Thomas, here I am. Thomas falls down, my Lord and my God. So he shows himself to his disciples by many infallible proofs for 40 days. Now he tells them, right as he's about to ascend into heaven, he says, I want you to go back to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. John said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So they were continuing what Jesus had just commanded them to do. They were continuing. They were in earnest. They were doing what? What was the other definitions that we had there? Right? They were diligent. They were earnest and they were persevering. Nothing was going to stop them. Nothing was going to get in their way. Do you know that life is made up of mainly plain old ordinary days? We work. Most of us have a couple weeks off of vacation. Some of us have a week off. Depends on where we're at in life and in our vocation. Some of us have a week. Some of us have two weeks. How many weeks do you get, Amy? I thought you got four. Oh, yeah, Amy gets four weeks off, but she forgets about that. I have to remind her. And so we have all these days off, and then we have, we work five days, and then we have a weekend. And our nature spends more time planning those two days of the weekend And those two weeks of the year, then the rest of the other five days a week. We look forward to the weekend. Weekends were made for Jesus, right? Now, see, the world's got it wrong. They think it was made for Michelob, but it's not. It's made for Jesus. And so, oh, and and we look forward to this vacation. I'm going on this vacation. We're going to, we're going to go on vacation and we're going to have a good time. We're going to go see Amy's in-laws. We're going to Maryland to see all of Amy's in-laws. And so you look forward to this. You plan for it. You, you. This is part of it. But most of, the, of our lives are made up of ordinary days. Remember Daniel in the lion's den? That was just one day. One night. But there were a lot of days that he prayed morning, noon, and night. And the next day he got up and he prayed morning, noon, and night. And the next day he got up and prayed morning, noon, and night. What was he doing? Continuing, persevering, being diligent. Continuing, persevering, being diligent. So Sunday I threw out a I threw out a challenge to to this church, and I said to the men, is there any men that are willing to come along beside me and get to where I'm at? Get to my level. You don't have to be a pastor. Believe me, you don't want it. You do not want it, okay? But if you want to try, it's all right. But I'm just saying in your commitment, in your walk with the Lord, people look at other people and they say oh they're so blessed they they you know you know they look at Amy and they say wow she's married to brother Tracy she's uh, she's so blessed she's blessed and highly favored she has been living in the fog for many many years fog favor of God hallelujah right yep I know and so, throughout this challenge, this challenge is just about mainly showing up. Just show up. Just be diligent. Just do it on purpose. Be there on purpose. You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the what? The desires of your heart. People. Don't delight themselves in the Lord. Instead, they they look for the desires of their heart over here. They look for the desires of their heart over here. They look for the desires of their heart over here, but they never really seek the Lord. And then halfway through life, when their life is a train wreck, then they look at somebody who's delighted in the Lord, and they're, and they're living in the fog of the favor of God, and they're they're like, "Whoa, what? Those people just showed up." Daniel spent one night in the lion's den, and man, this guy's famous. But there were hundreds of mornings, hundreds of mornings that he just prayed. Hundreds of lunch hours that he just prayed. Hundreds of evenings that he just prayed. Okay, I'm going to allow you to get out your personal cell phone devices, your computers in this session right now. I want somebody to open up your calculator. Okay? Tell me when you have your calculator open. I'm not going to turn you into the cell phone police. Who's got it? Johnny. Okay. I want you to do 70 times 365. We're not even going to count leap years. So 70 years times 365 days is 25,550 mornings. So if we hit 70 years old, I don't think there's anybody even close to 70 in here. I'm trying to give you a chance to not put your hands up. (laughs) Can't help it. Okay. So... You got at 70 years old, you have 25,550 mornings. Now, if you were had a Daniel in the Lion's Den experience 25,550 times in your life, you'd be war slap out. So a lot of things you just show up. A lot of things you just there. For instance. We, when I was a youth pastor, we take these trips, and we we go to youth congress, or we go to a youth retreat, or we do all these fun things. Listen, I don't know if if uh, Brandon or Dustin remembers this or not, or Johnny, John. I think you might have been, uh, you might have been around then, Johnny. Uh, but it was we were going to a youth retreat up on Hall Bluff, and we were driving the old goose, the old school bus. Of course, I was driving, and that was the bus that would backfire, all right? It sounded like bombs going off. In fact, when, when we went to London, we took that bus down to St. Louis Airport, all right? Now, this is before 9-11 because we would have, got, we'd have been arrested. I would have been arrested. But I knew it was going to backfire, so I pulled right up to the, the main terminal at the airport, and I shut it off. Well, when I shut it off, it did what I knew it would do. It started going rum, rum, rum because you know it had that gas in the carburetor still. And about that time, it just went pow, man! It was like if the if the windows didn't shatter, it's just amazing in the airport terminal. But it was that was fun. I remember that. But going on that, going to the youth retreat, right before you come into Shelbyville and you go down in that the dip there toward the bottoms, I remember a deer coming down the bank and out in the middle of the road. And we're going to hit the deer. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I got 45 kids on this bus, and we're going to hit this stupid deer. And the deer started spinning around on its hind legs in the middle of the road and then went back up into the bank and into the woods. And I'm like, well, that had to be the Lord. I don't know what happened, but we didn't hit him. Now, there are things I remember about that youth retreat, but I'll never, every time I am on 16 at that spot, I remember that deer. Why? Because that was just a show up day. That was just a day that I was calling kids to a youth retreat. Nothing fancy about it. It's not always going to be fancy in the kingdom, it's just about being faithful. Now, that's good. Nothing about being fancy, just being faithful. Okay? And so we continue on, we're diligent, we're persevering. So before Pentecost, Jesus gives this command, go back to Jerusalem and wait. Now, they did. They go to this house up on the second floor. Peter numbers them. There's 120. And they all continued. They just continued in prayer and supplication. Now listen, if we're ever going to get anything from God, we're going to have to pray. If we're ever going to get anything in the kingdom, we're going to have to go after it with kingdom tactics. Jesus said in John 3, that which, which is flesh is flesh, and that which is spirit is spirit. So what we got to do is, we are beginning, as you continue, as you are diligently going forth in the kingdom, you are beginning to flush away The flesh. You know what was on television tonight before I left? Home Alone. The first one. Okay? Now, a couple years ago, a couple summers ago, when Megan graduated up in Chicago, we got this wild idea that we want to go see the Home Alone house. Okay? Okay? The only thing is, it took forever to get to the Home Alone house. It's in the suburb of Winnetka. And if you go and sit in front of it, it's not as big as it looks on television. Okay? But we went to that house, Home Alone, and there it was. And we had pizza at Geno's East. If you like pizza, you ever been to Geno's East in Chicago? Oh, Lord, that's where you got to go. So, tonight, Home Alone is on, and I'm like, wow, I should have called off church. Home Alone's on. Well, it's only almost 30 years old. That movie's almost 30 years old. Think about that, guys. Now that's dating you, okay? And we haven't, we've only seen it like every Christmas for the last 28 years. So you know what's exactly going to happen. You know, Marvin and Harry are going to get hammered, right? But we just showed up tonight, and we just show up at church because we're flushing the flesh aside. Okay, so now they're in, the, they're in this upper room. There's 120 of them, and, the, and what Jesus is talking about, they've never seen before. What he's talking about, they can't even imagine or fathom it. They don't even know what to expect. They've never heard about or they've never experienced this Holy Ghost. What is that? They don't know how it's going to come. They don't know when it's going to come. And it doesn't show up the first day. And it doesn't show up the second day. And it doesn't show up the third day. Some of us will be leaving. Some of us will be getting mad. And it didn't show up the fourth day or the fifth day or the sixth day. Or the seventh day. Why wouldn't it show up on the seventh day? Because God rested on the seventh day. Surely the seven is the number of completion and perfect perfection. Surely God will send His gift on the seventh day, the perfect day. No. The eighth day, the ninth day, it still didn't happen. The next morning, 9 a.m. on the tenth day, on the day of pentecost it came pentecost means 50th 50 days from the resurrection the holy ghost falls in jerusalem and the 120 who had been continuing have received it now okay after pentecost let's see this acts chapter 2 verse 38 we'll start there acts 2:38 most of you can quote this: blind, blindfolded, uh, backwards, stand on your head. There you go. Then Peter said unto them, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost." Amen. Right there, it is. Yes, that is the gospel in a nutshell. Here is repentance, baptism is burial. Holy Ghost is resurrection, death, burial, resurrection. Compare compare that side by side with 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Paul talks about the gospel being the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. All right, then for the promise, Peter says in verse 39, is unto you, to your children, and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. Now, let's just say that there were all right three thousand souls. Okay. Divide, Johnny, you still got your calculator out? You're not on Facebook, are you now? I just let you. you can use your personal computer and device. Brandon, are you on Facebook? What are you doing, Brandon? He does? Oh, oh. Wow, there's a lot of accusations coming across, shooting across from the section over there. We're not judging. I know, we're not judging. Okay. Divide 3,000 by 8. Hmm. I'm just giving you this so you can kind of get it in perspective here. Okay, so if 3,000 people were baptized over an eight-hour period, it would take 375 would get baptized every hour. Now, that's a lot of baptistries, baptism, baptisms. 375 an hour. So let's divide that up with say ten apostles there's 12 but Peter's the spokesman he's given orders so that puts us at 11 Matthias just joined the group a couple days ago so he's just kind of watching to learn how everybody flows so that's 10 so each apostle is baptized in 37 and a half people every hour how about that this we'll say 38 Just to round it up a little bit. And I'm just doing the numbers. See how that, I mean, that's a big movement there. That's a big conversion there. Hundreds of people getting baptized every hour. All in one day. But watch what happens. Verse 42. And they, who are they talking about? That's a pronoun. They is referring back to Who? The people who were baptized, right? And they that, gladly, then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. They continued. What were they? They were diligent. There's this thing that has just interrupted their lives. I don't know about you, but when I received the Holy Ghost in my life, it interrupted every area of my life. Every area. I used to think that, I mean, my mom would make me go to church. Now, <sighs> I didn't want to go to church. I want to stay home with my dad. I always was hurt because I always missed Wonder wide war, uh Wonderful World of Disney. That's when you only got to see Disney once a week. All right? I know kids could not even fathom that now because they get Disney every minute of their lives if they wanted. But we only got Disney one hour Sunday evenings. And then there was Wild Kingdom with Marlon Perkins. A few years ago, I'm riding down the road with Brandon, and he's trying to get life insurance. And he get, where are they going to get his life insurance from? Mutual of Omaha. And I said, Marlon Perkins. There you go. Okay. So, I mean, I'm missing all these wonderful TV shows, and then I get the Holy Ghost, and, man, it is turning me inside out. I want to go to church. I want to be in his presence. It just is a total flip. In your lives, and so these men here, these these people who were baptized, these men and women, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. The apostles' doctrine is preaching and teaching. Fellowship and breaking their breads in prayer—that is community. That's what the life groups are for. That we're going to start. We're getting into community. You're going you're gonna know things and find out things about people you never dreamed of. In fact, Kim, if you're in Brandon and Lauren's group, he could probably teach you how to do Facebook and not get caught in church. Uh, yeah. See? I mean, that's what that fellowship's for. Kim loves to learn new things, and Brandon's pointing at Lauren. Lauren's a Facebook trainer. Okay. So now it's coming out. So this fellowship, what does that do? Fellowship builds us, community builds us. They continued. They were diligent at it. They persevered in it. They waited on it. how they wait on it? They served it. When you wait on something, you serve them. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Let's look at this. Signs were done, and wonders were done by the hands of the apostles because they were continuing. They went from 12 disciples. Watch. 12 disciples when Jesus was on the earth 120 in the upper room to 10 days later 3,120 to 2 chapters later in Acts 5 5, 5,000 were baptized in one day now you're looking at a church that's over 10,000 strong in a matter of just a short time they say the book of Acts was written over about a 60 year period time But they were all in fellowship. They were all in unity. The Bible says it's good for brethren to dwell in unity. The word community comes from what? Common unity. Same purpose. Okay, so they're continuing. So now, headed to Rome. Who's headed to Rome? Who do you think is going to Rome? Paul. Paul's going to Rome. He's going to Rome. It's Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27, verse 31. Now, Paul told them not to sail on certain days. He said, do not sail on these days. There's a storm coming because the Lord told him. In fact, there was an angel that stood by him and said, you're going to lose the ship. You're going to be shipwrecked. But nobody's going to lose their lives. Paul said to the centurion, Acts 27 31, and to the soldiers, except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Oh man, that'll preach. You gotta get in the ship or you're not gonna be saved. I tell you what, I'm just I'm just narrow-minded to believe that if people don't go to church and get involved in church, I don't know if they're gonna be saved or not. I didn't say you wouldn't be or wouldn't be. I'm just saying I'm just wondering. It is like, quiet in here. Somebody said, you're so narrow-minded, if you fell on a pen, you'd poke both eyes out. Think about it. He said, except you abide in the ship, you'll perish. You cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall, fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying... This day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting having taken nothing. Johnny, that is your cruise ship right there. 14 days of fasting. Okay? Can you imagine going on a cruise and fasting 14 days? When you get off of a cruise, you want to fast cuz it's like you have ate so much. The last cruise we was on, I had to stop Amy. She kept ordering lobster tail. And 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 filet mignons. I said, "You're going to have to stop, girlfriend. This is your third one." When I ordered the third lobster tail, she said, "How many are you going to eat?" I said, "I don't know, but it's in the package, and we got to take care of it. You got to take care of it. You just don't get to eat lobster like that all the time." I probably had ninety dollars worth of lobster right there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But anyway. Fourteen days of fasting. Now watch. This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried, which means you've waited, and continued fasting. Haven't taken nothing. They're 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 continuing. That is a different word. That comes from the Greek word, which means to persist, right here. Okay. I left all of this up here so you guys would think I was really smart. All right. That comes from the Greek word d at l. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Means to persist. In the King James, it's always translated as continue. Right there, okay? So, you mean, pastor, you can have a word let's continue in acts 2 and acts 1 and a word in continue in acts 27 and it's a different word yes okay this one means to persist if you never give up you will win if you never give up you'll win if you never stop, this is powerful. If you never stop, you'll finish. Now, listen, when I'm walking back and forth here and you hear those creaks, it's not my bones. I'm just telling you. Okay? And It's not anything in my body. It's not my GI tract or nothing, okay? It's the floor. The floor. I remember that one time I started coming over here to preach on Sundays, and man, that one. There's a when this carpet comes out, Clark. There's lots of screws going in right here. I know that. Now, persist. You just persist. Jesus said, "He that endureth unto the end, the same shall be saved." Right? He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. To him that overcometh. He also said, will I grant to sit with me in my father's throne? If you overcome, you're going to have a position of authority. If you continue, you're going to win. They asked Muhammad Ali, heavyweight champion of the world. I actually met Muhammad Ali when I was six years old at the Pittsburgh International Airport. We were taking my brother to catch a flight to come to an illustrious resort area in Missouri called Fort Leonard Wood, okay? I remember he sent me back a postcard with all these soldiers in training, and there was all kinds of red and green and purple smoke all over, and they're running through there, you know? But we met Muhammad Ali in the airport. I was six, now, I don't have any proof because my mom and dad lost the autograph. Imagine that. But I remember it. They asked Muhammad Ali what was one of the secrets to his success. And he said, when you get knocked down, you got to get back up. That's profound, isn't it? When you get knocked down, you got to get back up. You can't lay there you can't lay there and just have a breakdown and a pity party. You've got to get yourself together and get back up. It's the same way walking with the Lord, and guess what? All of us have stories. All of us have bad things that have happened to us. all right I was talking with somebody, and they were there was an issue in their past where actually a parent had abandoned them, okay. They're trying to work through all this. They're saying, you know, but this, but this, and but this, and but this. And I say, but what about her? And I point to my wife. And I say, at least you can still call your parent. She can't call hers. Because when she was six, her mom passed away. Now, you've turned out pretty good, you know? I mean, I've been training you for 30 some years. I mean, how long has it been? 87? Oh, Whoa, it's going to be 33 years. Actually, we met each other about a year before. So you've got about 34 years of me training you, so, you know, you're pretty awesome. But, you know what? Bad things happen to all of us. And a lot of times, people get stuck on the bad experience and can't get past it. They get stuck on the bad experience and then they blame God for it. I was reading an article the other day about... uh, People who leave church say you don't want to be a pastor because you read weird stuff like that. Okay, and the the the, author, the uh, author said this: that people who leave church because the church disappointed them, or the church, you know, let them down, or the church hurt them, need to remember why they came to the church in the first place. Now, listen, this is no lie. All right, I'm going to share just one. Tidbit of my life, a day with me. Okay, this is a couple years ago, and and somebody somebody was mad. And it's always it's always incredible. They're never mad at me. I get this feeling they are, but they never tell me that they're mad at me. But anyhow, Pastor, I'm just going to go somewhere else. I'm just it's I'm just not getting fed. It's just, I just don't feel comfortable there. I just don't have any friends. I don't. That's why we're having life groups so we get friends. But you gotta have friends, right? And they say, you know, no offense, but you know, I gotta go somewhere else. And man, hey, I take that personal. I hate that. I like having people around. Do I like people? Yes. Very much so. You don't like big crowds. I do if if we could we could we could like have like let's invite thirty five people to our house now this house that we have in now, we can't do that, but the other house right across from where you live there were how- we had Christmas parties there, friends, we've counted as many as eighty five in our house at one time, and listen, most of them were teenagers, Ooh, now we did have a few. Boys that had some testosterone problems that had to wrestle in the snow before they left to go home. That just kind of happens sometimes. Anyhow, so you're like, I'm really down about that this call. And then, then I'll tell you, I get another phone call. And I can tell you, this was a good phone call because it was from Sister Sylvia. All right? She didn't know what I had been transpiring in my whole day. She calls me up to ask me a question, and we're talking on the phone, and she says, Pastor, I just want to tell you one thing, that we are so grateful that we have found Family Worship Center. This church has saved our family and saved our lives. So in one phone call, you got them walking out the door, and the other phone call, they're walking in the door. you got them unhappy leaving and happy coming in. What am am I saying? you got to persist. No matter what circumstances come, you have to persist. You just keep continuing. Let's go to the Old Testament. Ruth. Ruth continued. And I'm going to, I'm closing. Ruth. Ruth is a powerful story here. It's not Ruth. It's Hannah. I typed Ruth because she was on my mind. Actually, I just wanted to see if you caught that. No, you didn't. I, told, I had to tell you. No, seriously, I was thinking of it. What, what, you watch this next slide. What's it say? Hannah. See? Hannah. You see Hannah? Right? But at, at first, I was thinking about Ruth. So when I typed that slide, I typed in Ruth. Scratch Ruth. She's out the door tonight. We're not dealing with Ruth. Hannah. Look at Hannah. All right? 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now, there was a certain man of Ramathim Zohim of Mount Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeho- Jer- Jerohim. Any of you have any trouble getting names for your babies? Just go to 1 Samuel. You'll find some good ones. The son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, no relation to Tofu, the son of Zeph, and Ephraite. Ephraim, yes. And he had two wives. I would suggest sticking to one, gentlemen. Okay? The name of the one was Hannah. The name of the other was Penina. And Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This was an extreme difficult situation in Jewish Hebrew culture. All right? You were a blessed person if you had children. The Bible talks about blessed is the man who has a quiver full of them. Okay? So really, Amy and I are really, really blessed. They just kept coming. All right? And they just kept coming. And now they're going out and getting them and coming back. Yeah. And listen, okay, all of you who have small children, watch this. All right, Amber, Alex, I'm telling you. She will wear you out right now. But in about 20 years, you'll say, I wish she never would have left. We should have. Then you say this. And you can never imagine this 20 years before. I wish we'd have had more. We had four. We're sitting there talking one day. We should probably had more kids. We like kids. Anyhow, so Hannah had no children. And this man went up out of his city, Elkanah, yearly. Everybody say yearly. To worship and sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah, his wife, and to her sons and her daughters portions. So he's given portions to the children that are his through Peninnah. But look at verse 5. But unto Hannah he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Okay? The Lord had shut up Hannah's womb. Now I want you to notice what she did. And her adversary, which was Penina, also provoked her sore, for to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as he did so year by year, when she went up, To the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore she wept and did not eat. So there was this, this rivalry and this jealousy from Penina along with Hannah. And Hannah had no children. And the Bible says that the Lord had shut up her womb. But what was about to happen was Hannah was about to have one of the greatest prophets in the whole Scriptures ever Samuel. Okay? You see, the Lord might be be holding something from you right now and you're wondering why it's not coming. But just let God do it in his time because it could be a great big thing. Okay? You know, you say, I'm praying for this, I'm praying for this, and this never happens. Why isn't this going to happen? Just hang on. If God's put it in your heart, just hang on. Now, that's a pretty good word right there. So what, what did she do? What did she do here? I want you to notice. He went up year by year. And she went to the house of the Lord. And she wept and did not eat. Now, did I put the other scripture on there? No, I was dealing about Ruth, wasn't I? What did she do? Every year she went up and persisted in prayer. Every year she went up and offered her sacrifices to the Lord. She was consistent. She continued. She was persistent. Okay, don't stop, don't give up, don't slow down, just stay steady, all right? I'm going to blow her mind because I'm going to come by and grab her. Mm-hmm. You just got to stay persistent and consistent. What's she doing? Okay, okay. Oh, man, that's hard, isn't it? Kevin, you got something? Hannah yes in essence did because she said this she said if the lord she said if the lord gives me a son i will give him back so she she nursed him and raised him till he was 2 or 3 years old and then she on one of the trips back the yearly trips back she brought samuel and dedicated him to the lord And to the service of the Lord with Eli the priest. Yes. And she had other sons and daughters. But she did say, Lord, you've given me this one, and I'm going to give him back to you. And the Bible says there wasn't hardly a greater prophet than Samuel. Probably the only one I can think of would be Moses. Moses was called a prophet. Okay, so in closing, in closing. I go back to my good old dear mother, who just kept making me go to church and making me miss Wild Kingdom and the wonderful world of Disney and as I grew older, I missed the I missed the last half of the uh, back then it was what four o'clock I was on the East Coast, so it was four o'clock football games so I missed those. They would be the three o'clock games here and but here we are tonight. And five continents and 27 or 28 countries. So just stay persistent. Stay with what you're doing. Amen? So you can.